0: and welcome to the 206 Podcast, where we talk about movies with the people who make them. My name is Mark Morin, and I am speaking with Shaz Bennett, director of an award-winning movie called Alaska is a Drag. Shaz, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Mark. Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. Thanks for being here. Now, first off, the movie is about an aspiring drag superstar who lives in Alaska, works at a fish processing plant, and has a sister who is battling cancer. Now this might be about as unexpected and creative of a story as as I could imagine when I first stumbled across it and then sat down to watch it. I also understand that this is your first feature film. So give me some background on the story and why was it important for you to tell this story?
1: Sure. Well, it's my first feature. It's loosely based on my experience working in a fish cannery in Alaska. (laughs) You know, I grew up in Utah, and I didn't uh, have a whole lot of money, so I um, had this opportunity to... My friend was like, oh, you can go to Alaska, you work in the fish canneries, you make $150,000 in the summer. And we were like, that sounds good. We both (laughs) wanted to move to New York to become superstars in our own right. You know, we got in our RV, drove up there, and it was nothing like it was promised. It was a really hard job, <laughs> and it was just—you um, know—it's—it's it's tough working in a cannery because. You know, it's just the hours are really hard, it's freezing cold, you got to keep the fish cold, it's just... But it was a really interesting place, an interesting time in my life. You know, that's where that's where the idea came from, and it's interesting, you talk about the sister cancer. My sister, when I was young, had um, Hodgkin's disease, and so I okay. remember being at that age when you're too young to really process cancer, you know? so. I always thought that would be an interesting um, thing to, you know, to dive into in a script. So the film, you know, is is sort of my idea of wanting to really talk about it is to talk about gender roles and you know like why is masculine better than feminine and also like I grew up in Utah in kind of a small town where I didn't really feel like I fit in I didn't really feel like I had a whole lot of people you know looking out for me so I recognize a lot of myself in Leo and I wanted to make this movie because I wanted to like make something for all those little queer kids that didn't don't fit in and you know it's not Pose it's not RuPaul's Drag Race it's kind of, you know, an origin story, and you got to be from <laughs> somewhere, and this is where you're from, you know? So that was where, where the idea came from. And then, you know, a lot of it is definitely loosely based on my experience, but a whole bunch of it is made up and fantasy. And, you know, when you slice fish all day, you tend to daydream. So <laughs> this is what I, I daydreamed.
0: <laughs> yeah, I can imagine being just in Alaska, you know, it's known as this great wide open space, and not a lot of people. There would be a lot of time to, to a daydream and think about what could be. Now in the story you cover a lot of topics too, not just the fact that you know that Leo wants to be a drag queen but just a lot of family aspects. You know the mom isn't there, the dad isn't really in a primary dad role, Leo's basically taking care of his sister. Was that coming from some of your own experience as well or was that just there's just you wanting to explore deep into those family type topics?
1: I mean, I think a little bit. You know, my mother passed away when I was pretty young, and when someone's gone, they're always kind of still there. You know, you 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 think about them almost more than if they were there all the time, you know, because they right. you know you can't see them. So I think I've been always interested in that type of character and story and longing um you know I love the dad you know he, he play, the actor Kevin Daniels actually fun fact played Leo in my very first stage reading of the play that I did with um Los Angeles and Naked Angels but he he just brought so much extra energy to it because he's you know he's a beautiful actor but you know he was doing the best he can and I'm always kind of interested in characters that are just doing the best they can to survive sometimes I jokingly say, you know, Leo is a love child of Hedvig and Rocky and he's left (laughs) for himself in Alaska. You know, he is definitely just surviving on the edge of survival, but, you know, he's also like really strong and powerful and he, you know, he has a sister and he has like this dream and, you know, like just that alone, having the ability to dream is like pretty next level, you know, because there are people who just don't even have that much, you know, so. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's one thing I really liked about Leo's character, with as much as Leo was dealing with in life, family, job, everything, Leo was also like, you know, I'm not taking any mess from anybody. You know, yeah. it's just right there, you know, took a stand for himself at every every turn and it was very protective of both identity, family, everything. So uh, was that something you were really mindful of in creating that character?
1: Yeah, I mean, Martin the, I cast, well, Martin Mel Washington Jr. who plays Leo is, you know, he really embodied that character and brought so much of himself to it and, you know, just, when I cast, I, I had written the feature script first and then I went, I did the AFI Directing Workshop for Women and kind of distilled down a, a smaller version, a short film. And I read like 150 kids. And in the script, he's characterized as, check, he's an, a mutt that checks other on a census taker, you know? <laughs> so, you know, he cut, it, I was reading like a lot of different genders and um, ethnicities and, you know, Martin read the background, you know, the breakdown in what's it called the uh, backstage and he like found me on Facebook and he was just like this is me this is my character I used to do drag I, my dad used to make me take boxing lessons like this oh, wow. is my story you know so mm-hmm. so definitely he brought a lot of himself to it and we just the two of us kind of would often we would talk about you know Grace Jones or um Jimi Hendrix or Bowie that the, these people that are like embodying the best parts of masculine and feminine qualities so that you know so it was fun to just de- develop that character with Martin and we did the short film together and then we did the feature film together so you know that whole process was just like so incredible because Martin brought so much of himself to it and he saw himself and I love the idea of this kid in the middle of nowhere who you know doesn't you know because sometimes like like I said I grew up in kind of the middle of nowhere and you don't even know what's around you you know because you get when you're especially when you're a kid you're just sort of like oh this is my world and then you go one block over and there's a whole new world you know (laughs) you just have to explore it a little bit Yeah, I mean, I I love this guy just walking down, you know, he does do a lot of code switching in the beginning, you know, he's sort of like, he's very fabulous on the path, but then as he gets into town, he's kind of like putting on his shirt and like trying to like butch it up a little. But then I love over the course of the film, you know, he comes back to that original you know quality of, of Leo that he's just, who he is, and that is enough. And that's even more than anybody would ever expect.
0: Right, one of the things that really caught my attention about how you told the story was the contrast and the similarities between being a drag superstar and being a boxer. (laughs) <laughs> you know there, there are some absolute similarities because you yeah. watch a boxing match you know when they come out to the ring it's all flamboyant and music and pomp and circumstance mm-hmm. and that says drag superstar right there but there's such a masculine identity attached to being a boxer how did like I guess same question was that were you really mindful of adding that in to show that that kind of contrast versus similarity of the two sides?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I selected drag queens and boxers because to me, they're sort of, I always kind of say they're fun house mirrors of the same thing, you know? They're <laughs> they are masculine and feminine in a way that almost doesn't exist in mm-hmm. real life, you know? Right. And and yet they have all this bravado and they have all this flamboyance and there's, you know, both, both, both drag queens and boxers are just like, carry themselves as just this like, Quality that I aspire to have in my own life. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so definitely, I've been drawn to them, and I, I find boxers um, and fighting in general. It's like you know, especially like you know, what the what the types of fights that happen in our film are. You know, there are some you know more heightened fights, but a lot of it is kind of street fight and we designed all the fights that you would feel like you were getting punched. And we, the director of photography, Alison Kelly, and I often like reference kind of like Catherine Bigelow's fights in Point Break where, you know, there's always something obscuring the actual punch and, but your brain will fill it in and somehow you feel if you're focused on Leo, then, then the audience feels like they're getting punched, which is what we, we wanted them to feel. So that whole quality was um, something we definitely thought about a lot. And then when they get into the actual ring is kind of the only time where there's some of that bravado in a way. But boxing and fighting is so strange because I think, for bo- I have four brothers too. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> and I think like, my bre- my brothers are not uh, fighters. They're, they're lovely um, <laughs> men that use their words, but uh, <laughs> they they there is this quality to growing up with like a lot of bros is that they there's just sometimes the only way there are friends of my brothers that I was always kind of fascinated with because I would watch them try and interact with each other and they're always kind of wrestling and like (laughs) it was kind of like the only way to get close and intimate was to be like you know physical and wrestling and stuff and that's just so not like what I would do if I was trying to
0: like right, right. You know,
1: get closer to someone I wouldn't necessarily want to like um, fight them you know but, <laughs> I, but I know that that is a I've seen that with different guys and then I you know I grew up in kind of in Utah it's pretty one religion town and I had friends that like just if that if I always wondered if they didn't live here if they didn't have the parents they had what who would they be you know and could they be more like Leo you know so I always love that character of Kyle because I think he's and that's played by Chris O'Shea is I feel like he's a really sensitive kid that kind of has to be this tough guy to put on a show you know. So it's yeah. all—it's all an act.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It really felt like that sensitivity was triggering, you know, the um, masculinity side that that he definitely wanted to show or or felt that he needed to show. So yeah, it's a, it's really interesting that, that you bring that up. Now I, I want to go think
1: back to that line that RuPaul says, that, you know, uh-huh. like um, we're all born naked and the rest of it's drag. <laughs> and I just I think about that with uh, everybody. You know, mm. we all kind of how we dress, how we you know, choose to present ourselves is is a form of drag.
0: <laughs> right, yeah, no, that's a re- very good way to look at it. Thank you. Now, I want to go back to the casting a little bit. You mentioned Leo was played by Martin L. Washington Jr. And then his sister, I forget the sister's name offhand.
1: Oh, Tristan is the sister's
0: that's right thank you as played by Maya Washington and they really seem so perfect as brother and sister although from what I understand they're not related in real life right so who are these you already talked about Martin a little bit but my my question was who are these kids and where did you find them so I guess maybe more on the lines of where you got Maya from
1: yeah well I you know like I said I found Martin and then there was after we did the short together we're just so connected um, there was nobody else that was gonna play him in the feature. So then I needed, and the sister is not in the short, you know, so then I needed, but I always knew I wanted a twin and I wanted a girl twin. And I wanted a girl that could present tough, you know, and and, and she's also playing with gender norms. But so Maya, Martin turned me on to Maya Washington. She's this huge YouTube star. Her name's oh. Shameless Maya on YouTube. And she she's got millions of followers. And she's, she's also an actress and, she, you know, she, they share the same last name. They share the same ethnicity. They're both half Filipino and half African American, but they're not related. Maya grew up in Toronto. Martin's from Philadelphia.
0: <laughs> you
1: <know>? Oh, wow. <laughs> so when we, you know, and, you know, Martin t- said, Oh, you know, this, have you seen this YouTube? Martin also does YouTube videos. And he said, Have you ever seen this woman, Shameless Maya? And I, I, Sadly, I had not, and I have (laughs) since watched every video she's ever made. You know, I watched her, and I thought, oh, she does really look like Martin. And then, you know, I saw one of her videos with her mom, who's Filipino, and I was like, oh, that's so weird. Like, how much, what great kismet, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I reached out to her, just emailed her through her website and sent her the short and just said, you know, I know you're an actress, too, and I don't know if you'd be interested in reading the script. And and she said that sometimes she doesn't even check her email because she gets them many emails and she just happened to like read it and watch the short and liked it and um, she's been wanting to do more acting and so you know it all just kind of like I you know sometimes I just think the stars align and yeah people but and she came on you know so she said yes and she came on and um, we did a kickstarter together and an 18-hour like marathon and um, she's just <laughs> lovely and she's really dedicated to her craft she's a really great actress but she's just also I think Martin and Maya are just naturally gifted they're just really watchable and they're right. just the, the only hard part of working with them is that they're so so in the moment that sometimes they don't do the same thing twice, you know? So Uh, when you're editing, you're sort of like, oh, remember you had your hand up there, you know? (laughs) But also, you know, if that's your biggest problem, you're pretty lucky, so.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no kidding, definitely good problems to have. Now, as far as other cast members of of names that I really know well and recognize, uh, Jason Scott Lee plays a significant role in the movie, and Margaret Cho plays a really cool character in the movie. So, um, So how did they get involved with the project?
1: it was impassioned letters <laughs> um, I, I just have lo- I'm a huge fan of Jason Scott Lee since yeah. I you know saw dragon you know years yeah. ago you know he was always one of the top of my list of people that I thought would be great mm-hmm. um, one of the things that I thought about when I worked in the cannery years ago there was a lot of people from um, you know, Asia from China and and the Philippines working in the canneries too. So I just kind of liked the idea of Jason Scott Lee. And then, you know, I wrote him, you know, a letter and you know just told him he would be amazing and he read the script and said yes and he was such a gift to our crew and our cast because he's so good you know And he's just so as an actor he's really you know emotive and all everything you want from an actor but he's just so precise and he commands a, a respect and that so some of the younger actors i think really like they, he brought their game up, you know. <laughs> it was really fun to watch them on set together. And Margaret, you know, I knew Margaret from some. I had a couple of peripheral friends of hers, um, mm-hmm. and also she was another one. Just wrote an impassioned letter to, and just thought she would be amazing. I just love the idea of just the one gay bar and a hundred miles, and Margaret <laughs> Cho was there. You know?
0: Yeah, I no <laughs> kidding, that was perfect. It felt like <laughs>
1: so perfect. When I and when I spoke to her on the phone, you know, I, we started talking about the script and talking about the film, and she's like, oh, you know, I don't know if you know, but I'm in a band, and I do king drag. <laughs> and like, oh my and I was like, Okay, we are gonna, like, that character always was gonna do king drag, and the character mm. was, like, gonna do the drag part of it, but it was just so much better with Margaret because she actually knows how to do it, and she, that was her song that she sings in the movie, that's that's her singing her own song. Wow. And then there's another song of hers we use, actually, like, when you first mm. come in to the bar there's a song that sort of is her song and that's also her song that from her band so we got to use two of her songs too so yeah she's awesome yeah, she's <laughs> and
0: amazing. she has one of
1: the best ad-libs i always um i wish i had written it but i just like she has a couple <laughs> of ad-libs that are just her own just Mar- just margaret
0: like, nice answering <laughs> <laughs> it seems like all the way around there was just some magic to the casting as well with with how those actors fit into those roles That's that's really cool now uh, you've it's been like working nia people's
1: too nia peoples plays the mom you know i oh yeah i love nia and like i've been a fan of hers for years and then you know she has a whole new fan base through um pretty little liars but i you know i always i wanted someone that was filipino because i wanted to like actually have the ethnicity of the two actors Mm -hmm. and um, so I was kind of looking at different um, actors that were Filipino and and I thought oh Nia Peoples I think she's Filipino (laughs) I think she's part Filipino but like you know it's like she's so great yeah
0: yeah she was fantastic I mean a a really small amount of screen time but she definitely made the most of it I think you've been working with Ava DuVernay for a while and now you know with Ere her distribution company, which is releasing the movie on Netflix. What is the number one thing you've learned from Ava and working with her, and it's like not necessarily as a filmmaker, but just as a human being? I know so many people just praise her for you know her work ethic and what she brings to the table, and who she is, and the type of advice that she gives. Yeah, what's just something that you feel is like I've learned this from her. Now I want to give it to the rest of the world also.
1: Yeah. Well. I mean, so many. I feel so lucky to like, be working with Ava on you know, two different projects right now and, and this um, with Array and Netflix. You know, it's another little kismet kind of weirdness <laughs> is that mm-hmm. Ava was the keynote speaker of uh, the AFI Directing Workshop for Women Showcase when I did the short film. You know, she gave this great speech that I always think about where she just talks about like why not you? Like why why not why not us? Why not women? Why not people of color? You know, like that was kind of the first thing. And then I remember like I was talking to Martin Washington earlier today and we were and we were saying like there was like a time where we were at the LA Film Festival with our short film and we saw Ava and she was like She's like, Ava, you know, <laughs> and we were sort of nervous to go talk to her. We were, and we were just kind of walking by her and she like stopped us. And she's like, hey, you guys had that movie at AFI. And she's like, and she introduced us to her friend. And that's just one of the things that I always think about Ava. She's very open and she remembers people and she's very genuine in her. When she talks to you, she, you've, she remembers what you had the conversation you had before, you know? Wow. And then, you know, a couple of years later, like she brought me on my first episodic directing job on Queen Sugar in season three, which mm. gave, broke that door open for me because there's, there's always these barriers that are set up and what I always love about Ava is she just says, you know, I'm not trying to get through your door. I'm just going to build my own door, you know? She's always reminded, like I remember I was on the plane flying to New Orleans and I just, you know, texted her just saying, you know, thank you so much for this opportunity. I'm so excited to like get to finally direct TV because I've been trying. I've been doing all the programs and all the, you know, working and made a future film and, and all the <laughs> stuff. And, you know, she, and she just said, you know, enjoy the moment and pass it on, you know? and it's just like that's been the whole thing always with Ava it's like you know take this love and then give it back to, to everybody else and so all of those things you know now I'm mm-hmm. working on a, a pilot that were, we sold to NBC with Sydney Freeland and Bird Running Water and that'll be you know she's always looking to I remember like her said another thing she said once that always. I mean, she said so many things that I. Could, <laughs> this whole podcast would just be things that when things were going wrong with my movie, I was just watching videos of Ava and Victoria Mahoney, like you know, you can do it, kind of videos. <laughs> and, <laughs> don't don't give up, you know. But you know, one of the things she said about like inclusion and diversity, and you know, she was saying it's not that you're trying to like. Be diverse you're trying to not be boring because we've already seen those shows so like why not try something different and try there are different people on screen and different people behind the camera with their lens and their experience because every time you're behind the lens you're putting your eyes behind it and your your vision is going to be different than anybody else you know like i remember in the afi directing workshop for women um uh, Leslie Linka Glatter is a a big hero of mine um, too. She had us each kind of diagram a scene, you know, from the West Wing or something. And every single one was interesting. They were all different, but they were all interesting. So it's like being able to work with um, Ava is like, she's, you know, she's saying, do you, just bring the best part of you forward, you know? That's, I mean, and that's kind of what I, loved about Alaska as a drag all the way through. Is It's just like, that's really what Leo's saying to everyone. It's just, just let me be me. <laughs> just Let me be who I am. And it doesn't matter what you think about
0: me. Right. That, that's amazing. Yeah. Ava seems like such a wonderful person. And yeah, I guess it would be hard to narrow it down to just one example of, of something <laughs> that she brings to the table. No, thank you. Thank you yeah. for that. Now, what does it mean to you to have your movie on Netflix, and then also distributed by Aire, like those, those two things combined, like what's your like thoughts and emotions about that? I know.
1: It's, I mean, it's just a dream come true because I was a fan of Array's movies, I'm a fan mm-hmm. of Ava, and so being able to work with Ava and Tulane and Sharon and you know, all of the people that are like running Array and their whole you know, their whole motto is like bringing stories you haven't seen to the screen, you know, mm-hmm. and then to be on Netflix is just so huge because it's like Netflix, you know, always <laughs> you know, I played in all these great festivals and you know i i volunteer at the lgbt center in los angeles and teaching film and you know i mentor all these kids and they're always like this is my story i want to see this and i just know there's other kids out there that want to see this character want to you know watch this film so but it's hard you know it's hard to reach all that people but netflix has such a vast amount of people so it's, it's really just a dream come true and you know, I love how Array just really works grassroots you know so it's all mm-hmm. word-of-mouth and it goes back to like the days when you just say oh did you watch this movie ever heard about this movie you know it's like <laughs> it gets passed around on social media and I've seen it happen with different friends of mine who've, you know, played their movies with Array, like Isabel Sandoval, you mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Deepa Mehta, this movie Funny Boys out right now, which I love. Yeah. And, and my good friend Amanda Marcellus had a movie through, I don't I've just been such a Array fan. So <laughs>
0: just,
1: it could just be a love fest of Array and Ava all, I could talk about that for hours.
0: <laughs> no, it's, it's really great. I, I think uh, that's exactly what I see Array and Ava as a person as well. It's just so welcoming and sort of just the diversity piece is just naturally there you had mentioned it's not something that she's really trying to do like like you said let's be diverse it's not that it's just here's amazing filmmakers let's let's give them a voice and I think you know based on your movie you're a perfect fit for Array as well just as you're you know thankful that you're able to be a part of Array so I, I would assume that Array is thankful you know to have you on board, you know, ma- you know making yeah, so. making Thank movies and shows. Yeah, absolutely. Now, what's one thing you want people to take away from watching the movie, like, as the credits are rolling? Is there, like, any particular thing you would want that to be?
1: You know, I want them to have a good time, because it's a fun movie. There's some heavier moments in it, too, but it's a, it's actually a, I think it's pretty inspiring movie, and I want people to just walk away feeling like, you know, they could be anything. You know, dream dream big, and, and uh, make those dreams come true, you know? I don't know when I was a kid growing up in Utah there wasn't a lot of movies around and and I started, you know, volunteering at the Sundance Film Festival when I was like 13 taking tickets and it was like it changed my whole trajectory like I can see a movie that just you kind of see yourself or you see something you haven't seen and takes you to a different place you know and it's like I don't know not everybody's worked in a fish cannery in Alaska you know <laughs> i hope that they'll go there and one of my favorite lines in the movie is like kind of one of the last lines you know you you got to be from somewhere and this is where we're from and i think that i want people to like feel that it's okay to be wherever you're from you can still be you know this incredible fabulous uh you know creation <laughs> of whatever you want you know you don't have there's no limits it's, it's kind of how i want people to walk away
0: Excellent. Well, we are running out of time here, so I just want to ask you, do you have any last thoughts about the movie, about Aire, about Ava? Anything you want to add in before we close out?
1: You know, I, I just, I would feel bad if I didn't talk about Matt Dallas, too, who plays Declan. I just think he's such an incredible actor. And, you know, Matt is, you know, a big TV star forever and ever. And, you know, but he brought so much also to the to the screen you know and and I love the idea of like someone just coming into town and just kind of shaking up everything and and he had he just was so natural in that, that role and I, lo- I just loved working with him. Yeah I'm just super super excited to be on Netflix and I hope everyone can watch it on New Year's Eve and and then <laughs> beyond and watch it over and over and tell your friends you know. It's um, it's one of those movies that I think has, the more people talk about it, the more it'll get seen. So thank you so much.
0: Absolutely, Shaz, thank you for making this movie and thank you for being on the podcast. It's been a pleasure and all the best to you in the future.
1: Thank you so much, Mark, appreciate
0: it. This is the 206 Podcast, where we talk about movies with the people who make them. Please subscribe, leave a review and share on social media. Any way you can support the podcast is very much appreciated. You can find podcast episodes and all my movie reviews on 206.com. Thank you for listening to the 206 podcast.